Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Between the Horns, presented by Cedar sinai the official health partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Glad we're back for another week of this show, as the Rams are now just one of eight teams remaining in search of that coveted Lombardi Trophy. A 30-20 to 20 upset in Game 3 against the Seahawks in the wild card round. The Rams are off to Green Bay, now a divisional round matchup on Saturday against the favored Green Bay Packers. I'm J.B. Long. Serena Morales is with us as always. Maurice Jones, Drew DeMarco Farr, my broadcast partners. How's everyone feeling for this weekend's game? I liked the, uh, we all agreed, like, yes, we're moving yes. on. Like, DeMarco's like, yes, we're doing right. it. I just want to talk to you, number three. I just want to talk to you, three. That's my favorite. My God, that was hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an upset, but I mean, it didn't look that way on game day. It looked like the better team won. Yeah, I'm excited too. Another another opportunity against the goat, right? It was let Russ cook first. Now you're going against the guys, the goat versus the goat. Let's see how it plans out. Yeah, a couple of goals dueling on the frozen tundra. All right, so much to get to, but the topic that has dominated the headlines for the last couple of weeks, the Rams quarterback position. Serena, we have some clarity going to Green Bay. Why don't you take us there? That's right, because no one knew who was going to be under center for uh, for L.A. last week, but now we do. John Wolford got the start, but he was knocked out of the game in the first quarter with a neck injury, didn't return. Uh, this week, obviously more clarity. Wolford not available, but JG16 will get the start. So, Maurice, honestly, <laughs> I was beyond impressed with Jared coming in. He wasn't supposed to start. What did you think of our guy? Well, it started off a little slow. Uh, you know, it was kind of like sack, incompletion. Like, uh-oh, like what's going to happen? But I really believe it was that scramble play where he checked the ball down to Cam Akers. That kind of got things going a little bit. Uh, then we saw Jared do we didn't see the whole second half of the season, which was throw the ball down the field. Uh, and his receivers go out and make plays for him. And so I felt once they kind of got back in a rhythm, he got comfortable. You know, and every now and then you got to get tackled to get the cobwebs kind of moved out the way and you can get in that rhythm. Um, he played lights out. Uh, they really didn't ask Jared Goff to do much. Um, but at the same time, that it was that last drive that we talk about where you put the nail in the coffin where it was run, 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 and then the great play action pass uh, fake to Robert Woods, that ball was on the money. And those are the toughest balls to throw and catch. When you're by yourself, the guy is wide open. It is more nerve-wracking where no one's around you to try to throw a nice, soft, easy touch to your receiver um, and guess what? They caught it and you, you, you ended the game that way. So I thought Jared did well. And the one thing that we, we do have to talk about was no turnovers. And that's the big thing. You don't turn the ball over. You give your, your team a great chance to win because of the way everyone else plays. That was the key first game without a golf turnover since week 16. DeMarco, how big of a career defining moment will this be for Jared in the game against Green Bay? Uh, huge. Uh, number one, John Wolford, throw your feet first, man. Uh, enough of this Ricky Henderson stuff. I mean, this is the NFL. Uh, one hit could be your last. So that's number one. Number two, like you said, I, I think this is uh, this is it for Jared Goff. And if you go back to, say, Super Bowl 53, that story is not really about you. That story is about Tom Brady winning number six and Bill Belichick doing it at 66. You're a footnote, a co-star, and you didn't steal any scenes. But this is the one they're going to be talking about for a long time. Because think about it. Think about what Vegas says about this football game and what every other talking head has said about this game. They've all picked the Packers. And the first word out of their mouth as to why is 
Jared Goff. Uh, so this is an opportunity to go down there and flip the script. Um, you've got the thumb problem. It's going to be cold. You haven't been great and cold. So most people expect you to lose. So this is your opportunity to either flip the script, change opinion about you, or you can set it in stone by not playing well. So uh, even more so than the Super Bowl playing against Aaron Rodgers, playing against the GOAT, playing in Lambeau in this temperature, this weather, trying to win a playoff game in Wisconsin, this is for the special. So this is probably the biggest game of Jared Goff's career. JB, to jump in there, do you guys actually think like if Given the fact that he just had surgery and all of those things, if Jared just doesn't turn over the ball, he has a decent game, does that still put him, you know, are we giving, putting respect on the name? So here's a tough thing, Serena, and it kind of takes us to our next topic, is the quarterback across from him is the presumptive MVP and has had a career season. It might be his third. And so Jared's playing in an era and in a sport where it's a comparison game. And his Cal predecessor um, is back at the top of his game. And the defense for Los Angeles, um, they've had great success against Russell Wilson historically, again, in the wild card round. But this is a whole different animal, Maurice Jones-Drew. This is the best offense in the league, the best offense that the best defense will have faced all season. Yeah, you know, you know what? Um, if we're going to try to compare Jared Goff versus Aaron Rodgers, the one thing that you always you look at the head-to-head. -head. And let's remember, we called that game back – uh, in Los Angeles where the Packers came in and they found a way to – the Rams found a way to win. And so I get it, like, that was a couple years ago and all those things, but you still have that remembrance of we played well against this defense. That defense hasn't changed, right? There, there's no, like, what, Jair Alexander's there now, but that's really it. It's the same defense that you put up 30 points against in Los Angeles. Like, I know the weather is going to – it's going to be cold, but there's not going to be no snow and different things like that, other elements – I believe this. If you go out there and you knock off uh, Aaron Rodgers, if you're Jared Goff, regardless of how you win, you find a way to win, that's what they put you in that year. Uh, okay, I've beaten them twice, right? Um, Aaron Rodgers is one of the better, the not the better, the probably the best at doing it right now, him and Mahomes. But this is the thing. You have two guys on that defensive side that nullify everything that everyone wants to do. So if you're Jared Goff, you don't turn the ball over, you guys run the ball the way you did, you put more pressure on the Green Bay Packers of trying to execute against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, who should match up man-to-man -man with Devontae Adams, and put more pressure on them. And then this is the other thing we haven't talked about, and we probably will get into it, but the Packers are down their left tackle. So guess what? If Aaron Donald can't do it, Leonard Floyd, this is what we got you here for, to continue to go. Now you're going against a backup left tackle or a third-string left tackle. You have to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And so – I believe this. There's no one on the other side except for Kenny Clark, my Bruin friend, that really <laughs> scares me uh, um, on a pass rush situation. I know they have the two big edge rushers that get there, but it's not like going against what you went against. Um, I'm trying to think the game where they kind of just dominated uh, the Rams. Chicago? Going against the Giants or yeah. going against – like the, they don't have guys like that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not um, – again, this is me. I'm just not – I'm not – as long as you don't turn the ball over, I think the Rams do a great job and they win this game. Serena, a couple of things on that. One, would you sign up for the G Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers game plan? Where, oh, yes. where you know, you kind of you kind of just say, it's this is not our strength, this is not our path to victory, we're only going to throw it eight times. We'll feel a little sheepish, but we'll feel sheepish on the way to the Super Bowl? Yeah, sure. That being said, um, 
yeah, you wouldn't want to compare Jared Goff's statistics this year to Aaron Rodgers necessarily, Mm -hmm. but for three hours or three and a half hours on Saturday, can you compare how he executes his game plan in the context of the Rams offense versus what Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing with Matt LaFleur and the Packers um, group? That's all that really matters. Um, And and DeMarco, as we continue the thought on, on the defense that Maurice started there, this Packers offense, while prolific, is more single receiver dependent than any other in the league and any in recent memory. Devontae Adams had an incredible season. Um, They do have some other weapons, but he takes up the lion's share. And aside from Aaron Donald, there's another pretty unique talent on that Brandon Staley defense uniquely equipped to take someone like Adams away. Yeah, you know, and I'd be very surprised if Green Bay let Jalen Ramsey just shadow him. Uh, If they didn't hide Devontae Adams pre-snap and then try to get them off clean. That's been their game plan. That's been Aaron Rodgers' game plan since the dawn of time. The last time he was in L.A., that was the game plan, and Devontae Adams went off uh, when he absolutely turned around Marcus Peters. This will be different. I I think Jalen Ramsey is – and I hate to say this – He's playing better than Marcus Peters did here. I don't want to say he's a better corner because that might make Marcus mad, but you know what I mean. He's having a fantastic season. So if it's an obvious passing down, it's mano y mano where it's corner on receiver. I'll take Jalen versus just about anybody in the National Football League, and I'll be surprised if he gets beaten. Um, so that's one thing. But I think Green Bay will do an excellent job of hiding him. But to me, I think public enemy number one outside of Aaron Rodgers has got to be the run game. You've got to eliminate Aaron Jones from the game plan. You've got to swarm that run. And no offense again, I think he's the beneficiary of playing with Rodgers. He's an okay running back. I think he was the 19th back taken in, in, the, in, in the draft that year. Yeah, you know, I mean, okay, he, he catches well, he runs hard, and he can score. I mean, but can he do that without Rodgers? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But number one, take him away from the game plan and put, make this an Aaron Rodgers show. But even with that, you still have a chance to lose because he is that good. And one note about their defense going against Jared Goff in the offense. I think their defense is good. I think Kenny Clark is, is, is a good player. And I think Zadarius Smith has 12 and a half sacks. But they're Clay Matthews-like sacks, which means that's the only time he got there. But 12 and a half is, is a good year. But I think they're a good defense, but I think they've been spoiled. They haven't been behind a lot. You know, their quarterback scores 40 points rolling out of bed. So, and and when they got in their first big fist fight with Tampa, they lost. So, I don't know how tough this defense really is. So, if the Rams can bring the nasty, bring the physical, run the football, use that 49er game plan, I don't know if Green Bay's defense can stand up to it. But I do know Aaron Rodgers is good enough to outscore just about anybody. Real quick, I have to say this. The, so you were talking about their running backs. The, 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 I don't think it's Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones to me, when I scouted him out of college, he was very similar to Christian McCaffrey. He does everything right. He does everything really good. Nothing. He wasn't, it wasn't like he was exceptional at one thing, but he caught the ball out of the backfield. He ran routes. He could return kicks and punts. He did all that. To me, it's going to be AJ Dillon that you're going to have to stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. If you look, if you were, if you think about when the Rams have struggled defensively, Right, which has been few and far between, but it was when teams ran downhill at them, like tried to come in and beat them up. And that's just kind of been historically the issue with the Rams defense, even though this year is a little bit different. Trying to tackle a guy that weighs 250 pounds when it's 25 degrees outside is going to be a business decision for Troy Reader uh, and Kenny Young, right? So if you're yeah. willing to sacrifice your body for this and, and possibly Micah Kaiser, if, if a guy gets banged up, if you're willing to sacrifice your body for 60 minutes, then, yeah, you're going to have a chance. But, again, it's cold. 
and that dude is 250, was it 6'3", 250 pounds running downhill, someone is going to have to get to him quick, fast, and in a hurry. It's a business decision. How about a great business decision, a 50-second round pick, Cam Akers? Uh, you know, the Rams have leaned on this running back heavily in Seattle, saw this kid, this rookie step up, 28 carries for 131 yards, plus another 45 through the air. Uh, Cam Akers actually became the first Rams rookie to rush for over 100 yards in the playoffs. So, Maurice, back to you. You know, what, what, what is making this kid so successful? He's a rookie. He had a high ankle sprain, and he's running around like it's no big deal. Well, he's fresh. Like, he's, he's fresh leg, to be honest with you. He really didn't play much of the season, uh, not until late. Uh, had the rib injury, you know, then he kind of got caught in the rotation, uh, really was struggling with the offense a little bit. And now it seemed to click. And all what you're seeing now is what everyone saw his first year with Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. Like, he is a gamer. He can play. Uh, watching his mic'd up was awesome, too. Like, when the whole line was pushing him and all yelling and screaming, like, that changed the game. And he understood that, it, on, it was going to be on him to win that game. If you watch when he's in the huddle, he's like, hey, let's run the ball. Let's get to it. We'll get it going. And he starts breaking off runs. Um, to me, it was a huge pick. And we talked about it um, a little bit when the Rams had that draft. It was like, you let go of Todd Gurley, but you bring in this young guy. Well, you get a cheaper version of Todd mm -hmm. to come in, a fresher version of Todd to come in. And now you're starting to see his ability. Um, I believe, again, that you can line him up at wide receiver and do a lot of different things that Aaron Jones does. Um, but I think that he's a little bit – he's different than Aaron Jones because he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, and he's catching passes from Wolford and other guys. And so, to me, as long as that offensive line can continue to get pushed the way they got against the Seahawks, he's going to find the hole and he's going to hit it, right? He's going to make guys miss in the open field. He's going to do all those things. And then that's going to open up for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby down the field all off that play-action pass. So I can't wait uh, to see this. And this other thing. The Green Bay Packers practice against the Green Bay offense, which is pretty much the same offense as the Los Angeles Rams. So you might as well throw all the scheme out the window, right? Let's just, again, this is another game where you're just going to have to go out there because you guys both practice against each other. The, the defense of Brandon Staley is very similar in that 3-4 style of Mike Patton uh, there in uh, Green Bay. So it's to me, it's, it's just like, again, it's one of those games we talked about last week. Like, there's nothing that you can do that's going to fool these guys because they practice against the, the, the same offense for the last couple of years, right? So to me, it's just like you just got to go out there and execute and be more physical and, and really get after these guys uh, uh, on the, at the line of scrimmage. I assume it'll be a physical game. It'll also be a cold game. DeMarco, does that mean that we're going to be leaning on, you know, the run game for the majority of oh. this game? No doubt. Uh, what is it, uh, 1265 Lombardi Avenue? That's a tough neighborhood, especially when it's cold outside. Absolutely. Dad's tough. Dad changes the brake pads in the driveway in the winter with no gloves. You know, mom gets mad when you don't throw a spiral in backyard football. It's different up there, especially when it's cold, when you're out there in the elements. So, uh, you know, it's going to be physical. And to me, I think the only way to win up there um, is you have to run the football. I'm talking upwards 35, to close to 40 times. You got to control the rock up there. So, it speaks to the running back, Cam Akers, definitely, but that O-line. I am so glad Andrew Whitworth has come back to this lineup because he brought that old man nastiness. I mean, playing to the echo of the whistle. Not dirty, but make the refs have to sprint in and break you up. Make defensive guys mad because you keep shoving them, you know, past the pile and whatnot. See if you can drag Rob Havenstein into a fight. Drag Austin Blythe into a fight. You know what I mean? Make it so, hey, look, to get out of this game, you're going to have to scrap with these dudes. 
let's see how tough Green Bay is physically on defense. And I love what Witt had to say about what type of game. It speaks to what Maurice just said. It's You can't out-scheme anybody at this point in, in the season. This is January. You know how much film they have on you? This is about imposing your will on the other guy, defeating your man. So uh, I hope Cam Akers has one of those, you know, carry the load, carry the, carry the football in two hands, and, and it's snow on the ground, and it looks great for TV. But to do that, your offensive line is just going to have to be a bunch of just down and dirty type guys in the cold moving people around. So um, I think that's the game it's going to be. But you're still going to need some doses of Jared Goff throwing the man coverage and being accurate with the football. But the O-line is going to carry the day. For those just tuning in on our live stream, welcome once again to Between the Horns, presented by Cedar sinai official health partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, the Rams are playing their first cold-weather game this season on Saturday at Lambeau. The forecast right now, temperatures in the low 30s, lowest kick temperature the Rams have played uh, this season was last week. It was 39 degrees in Seattle, a little bit different 39 degrees um, in Seattle than it will be in the Midwest, of course. Um, and Maurice, it's no secret that Jared Goff has struggled in some cold weather games, 2018 Denver, 2018 Chicago come to mind. But I actually just uh, tweeted out a little video of what he did in the uh, 2017 division clinching win in Nashville. I remember you were wearing your thickest jacket that day <laughs> and he passed for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. So like DeMarco said, even if it's run heavy, he's going to have to pick his moments and execute in some key moments, gloves or no gloves, because wouldn't you expect Green Bay is going to be sitting on Cam Akers in that running game? Yeah, I would expect that. First of all, not many of us do well in the cold when you're from California. Right. I'm just, being honest. I'm just putting it out there. Right. Like that, there's, that's why there's some teams that have domes and I would prefer to play in one of those dome teams, at least get, wow. you know, a couple games a year out of that. But I get it. I understand. Uh, Chicago was was by far one of the coldest days of my life. And Tennessee wasn't, wasn't too far behind that one. It, was, it wasn't a, a fun call for your boy as I shivered next to you. Uh, I learned then to stand up in the booth and move around a little bit, keep the blood I'll flowing. text you a picture of us that day, just as a memory. We were a couple of popsicles in Nashville. Oh, my God. It was the worst. Uh, this is the thing. Um, I, I truly believe that Sean McVay and his staff have realized – that the offensive line is the strength of this team. And we talked about this throughout training camp and everything. And I felt like throughout the course of the season, they were trying to see if was it the receivers, was it the tight ends, was it your quarterback? And they were like experimenting with different things. But as the stretch, as you come down the stretch, you know it's your offensive line that is the strength of this offense. And so you're going to put all the emphasis on them. And so what I mean by that is, you're going to lean on them and you're going to protect them. So it's not going to be many just drop back passes and letting the Smith brothers tee off on your tackles and all that. No, no, no. We're going to make you fight through blocks. We're going to make you, we're going to put the ball in the belly of Cam Akers and make you believe it's run, right? So now you have to fight to get off blocks and do all these different things to try to get to Jared Goff. And then we're going to continue to do what we do, run mesh routes, because they're going to play a ton of man. We're going to, you know, run a lot of crossing routes, a lot of uh, rub plays, as we like to call on offense and defense, they call them big plays. But we're going to make easy, conventional throws for Jared Goff to get him in rhythm, regardless of his warm or cold. Let's remember this, too, JB. It was the screen to Todd Gurley that really got Jared Goff going in that game. Remember, he threw a couple of touchdown passes to Cooper Cup. But the screen, it was a simple – they were blitzing. It was like third and eight or third and seven. The Titans blitz off the left side. And a simple just cross screen to Todd Gurley, he does most of the majority of the work. But that got Jared in rhythm. And that made him comfortable. And now all of a sudden, he's back there. And so that's what you want to do. Understand that how this team is going to attack you. They're going to try to pressure you and do different things. 
But if you can, you know, get some easy throws early for him, I think he's going to have a good day up there. And again, it's cold. Yes. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't going to be Chicago cold, Mm. right? In the night, it ain't going to be that cold, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. And I think with no weather, just cold. What's up? It's funny listening to the two guys that are actually in the booth talk about how cold they were. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago, we weren't in the booth. Here we go. Yeah, Here we go, DeMarco. Windows, okay? It's cold down there. But, I, you know, I'm with you, man. Um, at some point, Jared Goff is going to have to stand and deliver, stand in there and deliver. And I have to make two points. And this is more of a question for the other three. How many Deshaun Watson questions have you guys answered this week? Because I've been avoiding people since that rumor got out. We've been looking for a way to shake up Jared Goff. This could be good. So I would expect the best Jared Goff we've seen. But let me say this. Mike Pettin is no dummy. Their defensive coordinator. He's a guy that went from outside linebacker coach to head coach inside of 10 years. That's amazing. That's Brandon Staley-like. That's Robert Sala. This guy knows what he's doing. So I agree with JB. They're going to load up and keep you from running the football. They're going to make Jared Goff beat you. Now, I think he can. I think everything that we've talked about and all the naysayers out there and every rumor that you've had to answer will light a fire under this guy. It's just football. It's cold. You've thrown the football all your life, and you're going to get man coverage. Now, there is one corner that can hurt you. Alexander is good. Everyone else, throw to. Now, remember this. When you're talking about how bad Jared Goff is in the cold, right, think about who his leading receiver was in those games. Robert Woods, both times who played in Buffalo, who's used to this weather. So Jared Goff with Robert Woods running the football, keeping them honest, and throwing the ball to pick up first downs, I think is entirely possible against this defense. We will get quickly to a matchup we haven't talked about yet. We talked a lot about the players, but hey, McVay, LaFleur, they know each other. They FaceTime. LaFleur loves to FaceTime, apparently, according to McVay. Um, does their relationship at all affect the way that they plan for this? Oh, Maurice is like, come on, go ahead, take this. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why it's, it's the old sibling rivalry, right? So if I'm playing my homeboy and whatever it may be, I am going to do everything I possibly can. I'm going to give you a great, uh, I I had a, a, one of my good buddies from college play for the Colts, uh, when I was playing and he was my roommate, one of my college roommates. And name was Justin Hickman. And he was a rotational rusher. He came in for Freeney when Freeney got tired. So he never came in on third down pretty much just to give you guys a head up because Freeney was going to get those sacks. But when he did come in and he was in there, it was just a little extra sauce on that chip when I got to him, right? Just a little extra, just a little bit. When he tackled me, he dumped me a little bit harder, right? And that is what comes into this game plan. Like, because you know what? I'm going to have to see him in the off season. Like, we're going to have to talk about this. And, and as much as we like, we want to, you know, play it down like guys don't, don't take things personal, I promise you Sean McVay is going to take anything and everything personal because guess what? Matt LaFleur, they were in the same room together in Washington. He brought them over here. They do all those. You have a relationship. I want to make sure that I embarrass my friend as much as possible. So when we do go out to dinner and we have our thing, I can put my arm around him, tell him everything's going to be okay, right? It was just the first, that was just the one time. And LaFleur's going to try to do the same thing. This is how it is. It's, it's, it's that competitive nature of siblings or your peers that is going to drive these guys. You're, we're probably going to see some plays that we haven't seen the Rams run in a couple years. Uh, we're going to see some tri- – watch. You'll see all type of stuff come out because, again, mm-hmm. you want to win this game, but you also want to embarrass your friend. I've, so lost, the- I've lost two friends because of stuff like that, man. I had, oh a my God. T- I had a friend <laughs> tell me before the game, Serena, before the game, he told me his hand was broken. 
Now, this is a guy that's playing guard that day. So, of course, what am I going to do? Not use that information? Beat him for two sacks. Now he won't talk to me. The only reason I'm friends with Lincoln Kennedy to this day is because I'm a nice guy. You know why? Because he tried to kill me twice. And we spent four years in college together. Four years. But when it was all in the line, it's a different deal once we put that uniform on. So, same with the coaches. Uh, We're friends, but I want to win. And because I know you, I want to win that much more. So, Look, I would expect both teams to be well-coached and ready to play on game day. So does it come down to JB, who has the better Aaron? Is it Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Donald? I think that's one of the biggest things that it comes down to, yes. I mean, the way Aaron Rodgers is going, uh, to take the MVP away from Patrick Mahomes, given the season that he had, too, is is really something else. And um, I I think it kind of dovetails with what you guys were just talking about, the coaching matchup. Like, it's Matt LaFleur, a couple of – 13 and threes to start a coaching career. Like that is no joke. Um, but it still seems from our vantage point that Sean McVay has, has been given more of the ascending star accolades. Um, and I think a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's okay. It's LaFleur, but we all know that Aaron Rodgers is, is running that show, right. And, and doing it all at the line of scrimmage and, and it helps to have a future hall of famer at quarterback for your first head coaching opportunity. I, I do think this is one of Sean McVay's greatest challenges yet as a head coach of the Los Angeles Rams at the end of year four. And if he can pull this off in conjunction with Brandon Staley and Aaron Donald and all the personnel he has all the way down to the punting game, which I think we haven't talked about, but might be a deciding factor. um, Then yeah, then they deserve to be in the NFC championship game. And honestly, I might like their chances better next week if they can get there than I do this week in the uh, divisional round. I like that. I like ending there, JB. (laughs) That makes me feel good. DeMarco, I feel like you have a final thought. I hope I didn't cut you off. No, I, I'll, I was going to say, uh, I'll see you guys next week. Ooh. Oh, DeMarco with the fire. Yeah. Be taking up in Green Bay. Can I give you guys Maurice, my, I my give you, final take Maurice, of this thing? Maurice, yeah. I want to give you one more chance to convince us because I feel like you've been beating this drum like anyone in the NFC the Rams match up well against. Like this playoff field is tailor-made for the Rams to make a Super Bowl run. Last well, chance. I'll, it's Friday morning. Convince us all. Well, I'll say this. Just for The first thing, let me say this. Matt LaFleur deserves more credit than he's getting in Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers for his whole career pretty much has been calling the offense at the line of scrimmage. Um, I think with, from my understanding is he calls probably like 55% of the plays in the line of scrimmage, but LaFleur, the other 45 gives him layups to get him going. Right. And that's what this offense kind of brings to quarterbacks. It allows you to have some layups to go. And I think that's why Aaron Rodgers is playing well. Um, The other thing is this, they have a left tackle problem. And if they want to run the ball, the guy, again, is going to sound like I'm biased, but Mercedes Lewis, if you can dominate him, if you're Leonard Floyd and you're dominating Mercedes at the point of contact, that's going to shut down all their run game. That's how they're going to have to run the ball, especially if they try to run uh, left because you have a brand new left tackle. So I, I think that the guys that I, I that I have to have big games are Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey. Now, let me tell you why I believe the Rams match up well with everyone from top to bottom. All right. If you look at, if you look at the Green Bay Packers offense, you have a guy that can get interior pressure where the guards in this game, until you play, play New Orleans, the guards in this game uh, in the whole National Football League are down a little bit. They're not really good guards anymore like when DeMarco played or when I played. There's not a lot of good ones anymore. So Aaron Donald is going to have an opportunity to really take this game over. With that being said, he's going to see double, you know, double attention so or get double covered or double teamed. Leonard Floyd is going to have to take advantage or whoever's going against that left tackle is going to have to take advantage and find ways to flush Rodgers out the pocket. 
Um, Jalen Ramsey's going to do his job to stop, obviously, Devontae Adams. I say that's nullified. Devontae may get some, but Jalen's going to get his as well. But then when it comes to the offensive side, you have two number one receivers. I haven't seen many people cover both of them. I mean, even in that Miami game where Jared was getting hit left and right, Cooper Cup was running wide open. Robert Woods was running right open down the field. There was a play last week where Jared Goff threw the ball over the middle of the field, and then the safety jumped, which was Jamal Adams, and right over behind him was Robert Woods running wide open. So then when you look at matchups, it's tough for teams to match up against two guys that can do the same thing. I don't see Jair Alexander is probably going to have to cover either Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. That means the other one's going to go to work. Um, from there, I look at the running game and how you'll be able to run the ball and, and the way we're seeing Sean McVay in this offense really um, dial in the running game, very Shanahan-like, right? Shanahan-esque where you got guys motion and shifting and receivers leading up and blocking and all those different things. You're gaining a blocker to a side. That helps out a ton. And if you look at the Green Bay Packers, that's where they struggle most is stopping the run. They're not a really, they're not a good team stopping the run. And if you go back to that uh, Tampa game, like DeMarco said, where they, they got into a real dog fight, the defense let Ronald Jones run all over them. Or the, yeah, their defense let Ronald Jones run all over them. And then guess what? That edge pressure got to Aaron Rodgers quickly. Uh, and Dominican Sue got to Aaron Rodgers early and he became pedestrian. And that was the first time in my whole life I've seen Aaron Rodgers look pedestrian. I promise you. I played against him in college, played against him in the National Football League. He's never looked that way. So the Rams have the pieces and the, and the personnel to match up with them and put pressure on this, this Packers offense and stress this Packers defense um, very similar to the way that the, the Buccaneers did. And so I believe that if they go out there and they don't turn the ball over and they, have a, they, they play with the same energy and intensity that they did when they went to Seattle – this may be a Rams team that's, you know, destined, destined for greatness to match up where, with whoever, wherever um, they have to go next. Only 28 hours of kickoff. Should we just power through and keep it rolling? Or do you guys want to take a break and pick it up where we left off here tomorrow? <laughs> I have coffee. Not wearing a watch, JB. Let's go. I feel like we got some good momentum, but let's call it a wrap for our divisional round episode between the horns presented by Cedar sinai the official health partner of the Los Angeles Rams. You can catch the game 1.35 Pacific time on Fox. And, of course, please listen to the radio call on 710 ESPN and Jack FM here in the greater Los Angeles area. We cannot wait for you to step into the Rams' house next season. Still time to be among the first to experience SoFi Stadium. Did you see it last night? Did you see the canopy last night from above previewing this divisional round matchup? That was pretty special. Join us and purchase season tickets, therams.com slash 2021, therams.com slash 2021. For MJD, DeMarco Farr, Serena Morales, I'm JB Long. Save us a spot on your calendar next week. We hope we get to do it again. Take care.